0: You are listening to the World of Game Podcast. guys, what's happening? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this big blue marble we call planet Earth. What is happening? Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, wherever you are at. Hey, I got a big episode for you guys. I I got some crazy stories. Uh, So much so, I had to record a couple of them yesterday. But I'm going to try to throw it all together real quick, because I got a big day ahead of me. I'm going car shopping, so... Hopefully I can find something good at a reasonable price and so I can hit the road. I got to get the hell out of California, you know what I mean? So let me go ahead and take a break, get everything organized, and I will be right back right after this. All right, guys. Here's something I'm going to share with you. This come from Fox News. Just broke this Thursday. I watched some of the video press conference. I watched it on TV. Uh, I got my skepticism about the CDC right now, but still, nonetheless, uh, CDC says fully vaccinated people don't need masks outdoors. <laughs> I mean, is that really breaking news? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh. Walensky said there are many situations in in which fully vaccinated people do not need masks. Oh really? Now I hope this really gets out there to the masses because people need to knock it off. It's really creeping me out. People walking around with masks and I mean damn near half their head is covered. It's crazy. At least where I where I live it's pretty damn crazy. Uh the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has updated mask guidance for people who are fully vaccinated against the novel, I say novel, novel coronavirus. Uh, In a White House COVID-19 briefing on Tuesday, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, said, science shows there are many situations, quote unquote, where fully vaccinated people do not need to wear a mask, particularly if they are outdoors. And it shows this chart, just a kind of interjection here, has a chart Kind of interesting coronavirus va- uh, vaccine distribution. It says here by state by state. California, it shows 10.3 million people are vaccinated out of 17.4, uh, 17.4 million doses in a population of 35, 39.5 million. Uh, I think those numbers are incorrect. I think we're looking along the lines of 45 to 46 million people are in California. That includes the possible illegal immigration and, you know, generations that are produced through illegal immigration. So those numbers have to be inflated. 39.5 million, I don't believe it. And then it shows Texas, Florida, New York State, Pennsylvania. So I just want to focus in on California because that's where I'm at, right? Kolinsky said, those who are fully vaccinated or 14 days post second dose of either the Pfizer the Moderna vaccine or two weeks past the Johnson & Johnson 1 dose jab can attend a small outdoor gathering with people who are vaccinated or unvaccinated or dine with friends from multiple households without a mask. During the briefing, Walensky noted that less than 10% of documented coronavirus transmission have, has occurred outdoors And with increasing rates of vaccination and decreasing rates of new cases, the agency was motivated to update its guidance. On its website, the CDC said fully vaccinated people can gather or conduct activities outdoors without wearing a mask, except for in certain crowded settings and venues. The update also clarified that fully vaccinated workers no longer need to be restricted from work following exposure as long as they are asymptomatic. Hello, teachers. Are you listening? I mean, seriously. Talk about a That's a lazy group of people right there. Selfish group. Walensky noted, This is the third update the CDC has made regarding guidance for fully vaccinated individuals, and that as more people return for the second shot, the agency will continue assessing for more updates. For now, the agency still recommends fully vaccinated people take certain precautions while in indoor public settings, like wearing a well-fitted mask. And avoiding indoor large size, large sized in person gatherings. Now, first off, for the record, I want everybody to do an experiment if you're able to do this experiment on the effectiveness of masks. I seen this doctor, I think it was on YouTube or something. I seen him, and he took a vape pen and he inhaled, he tugged on that uh, vape pen and then he put a mask on and then he exhaled with the mask on and his whole head was just covered with vapor water vapor from the gas and that just kind of proves the effectiveness of a mask so i just kind of want to throw it out there that's a little bit of something to think about all right so there you go that's the update on the whole mask issue um i don't know i I just feel it's just nonsense uh, I've been going in all kinds of places without a mask on now and even here in Alameda County and I haven't gotten sick and I sure in the hell haven't heard of anybody dropping dead uh, anywhere where I live because literally I live about a couple blocks from three hospitals and one open free click free clinic. So, you know, I'm just not hearing it. So in the whole thing about the that's a whole nother subject with the toddlers and everything I'm not going to get into. But this update really is just kind of something we already knew. Right, so OK, I really don't want to get into too much of political nonsense or whatever, but some things just kind of jump out at me. Uh, I guess this morning, Democrats are pushing Biden at last minute to put a permanently expanded child tech tax credit in his latest economic plan. And it sounds to me like it's just a bunch of uh, socialism being pushed around. It's just funny how the title says <laughs> that uh, Democrats, the the representatives, uh, the Congress persons, uh, they seem to be uh, they seem to be pushing Biden around. <laughs> He's obviously out of touch. He was even being interviewed this morning And somebody asked him a question He says, oh, I better not answer that Or they might get mad at me Or he said something to that context I don't know if he loosely just kind of It just slipped out or what it was But that dude is a straight up puppet, man uh, Let's see uh, President Joe Biden's 1.9 trillion emergency stimulus law Was about to clear the house in late February Some Democrats started setting the stage for their next battle Making the beefed up child tax credit plan Uh, Senator Sherrod Brown told reporters that Democrats would press the Biden administration on the issue as soon as the stimulus law was signed, speaking as part of a group of other Democratic lawmakers. He later tweeted an image of the group on Twitter. It included Senator Michael Bennett, Cory Booker, Rosa DeLauro, Susan Dublini and Richie Torres, Deloro recently dubbed the group the CTC6. <laughs> Jesus, you mean the, the six fuck-ups. That's what you should be called. And it has a picture of them, and they all got their uh, nice masks on. And uh, one has purple hair, <laughs> of course. I, I You know, no, no offense to the people out in... Uh, that wear dye their hair purple or green or whatever. That's your business or whatever. But it just seems to me that all the unhinged people, especially lawmakers, uh, they're all old white women with either purple hair and, or green hair or some weird colored hair. <laughs> In this one picture, uh, the Business Insider shows uh, Representative Rosa Delaro. I guess she's a Democrat from Connecticut, and she's she looks to be damn near hitting the, one foot in the grave, and she's still got purple streaks in her hair. So I don't know what the deal is there. (laughs) It doesn't... I mean, Grandma, what's up, you know? I guess she's trying to be styly or something. I don't know. But uh, enough of that. It just sounds like they're pushing socialism. I I don't like it. Uh, There's one story here. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner inadvertently gives Gavin Newsom a $300,000 gift. (laughs) Uh, This is being... Uh, reported by SF Gate. That's a local rag right here in the Bay Area. But of course, reality television star Caitlyn Jenner is running to replace Gov- Governor Gavin Newsom in a recall election, likely to be secluded, uh, scheduled. God damn, I need to wake up. Scheduled for the fall, and her campaign launch last week appeared to serve as a gift to the governor. Newsom's team shared with Politico that in the 36 hours following Jenner's announcement, Newsom's anti-recall campaign raised a whopping $300,000 in online donations, likely buoyed by liberals who reviled Jenner for her support of then-President Donald Trump in 2016. (laughs) Haters. (laughs) The Newsom team has rarely shared campaign finance figures with media outlets, and campaign spokesperson Nathan Click even went on the record too political, stating, Our grassroots army is fired up. Since declaring her candidacy last week, Jenner has not released any specific policy proposals for the state. She also has not done any interviews with California publications and may or may not believe that the governor appoints city district attorneys. District attorneys are elected at the local level. When sharply criticized by Representative Ted Liu over a tweet in which she blamed Gavin's district attorneys for rising crime in the state, she wrote back, Ted, that kind of condescending tone is what's wrong with politics. Of course I know DAs are elected, but as the CEO of the state, the buck stops with Newsom. If you want to defend the status quo, then fine. But if you want to talk solutions to the crime in our streets, call any time. And yep, and that's what she tweeted to Ted Lieu. <laughs> Pretty funny. So there you go. So I guess I get. I guess just her coming out saying that she is going to run. Uh, <laughs> it's it's got a lot of unhinged people throwing the money around, and let them go ahead. That's that's fantastic. Go go ahead, and waste your money. You know, I just got a. Um, A notification on Twitter last night, Mary Carey, the porn star, she just threw her hat in the ring. And then I did. I replied to her. I said, hey, you know, know, congratulations. Good luck. And and she wrote back. She goes, yes. And she's all fired up. So, yeah, I got a reply from uh, the porn star Mary Carey. (laughs) There you go. There's my uh, brush with fame. Hell, I even want to see James Woods throw his hat in the ring. I want to see Scott Bale throw his hat into the ring. Let's see them all. Let's see all these Hollywood Californian conservatives. Let's see see what they got. Let's see what they got to say. Okay, when I come back, let's get into this whole Yeezy Slide business. Have you seen these sandals or these slippers or whatever the hell you want to call them? (laughs) I, I don't know what he is pushing, but he's making money off it, so... I'm going to get into this whole story with Yeezy right after this. Hey guys, take a moment and visit my homepage. Click on the support button and drop your boy a couple extra cents and let me know that you care. I really would appreciate it. And now back to the nonsense. Alright guys, I got a story for you. (laughs) I'm going right back to Kanye West, man. This guy is phenomenal with the shoes. I just did a story where his very first pair of shoes, I guess his Yeezys, Yeezy Eye or one, whatever it was, uh, they sold for like a million dollars. They were like these dirty old shoes, right? But I, I didn't know how popular these shoes were until I came across this article. And I'll just I'll just break it down to you what I'm what I'm seeing here. Uh, it's coming out on Fox News. It says, Kanye West's Yeezy Slide Sandals sell out the same day, leaving some of Twitter confused. And it says, uh, Kanye West's Yeezy Footwear line with Adidas just launched new slide sandals for infant, kids, and adults. Making its return in three color options titled Core, Resin, and Pure. The Yeezy Slide was unveiled on the Adidas website Monday. The shoes, which currently retail for $35 for infants and $45 for kids and $60 for adults, were already sold out by the afternoon. Representatives at Adidas did not immediately respond to the Fox News request for comment. Kanye has not promoted the line on his personal social media accounts. However, the brand's official Yeezy Mafia Twitter account informed its customers and followers that the Yeezy slide will be restocked at some point in June. And then it has Yeezy Mafia's uh twitter account and it shows the sandals and they look like uh they look like something they give people in county jail those type of sandals i mean they just look they look like i don't know what how to describe them except they look like yeah i i know what those sandals look like i've had to wear them before i'm I'm not gonna lie to you but that's what exactly they look like they look like jailhouse sandals it's crazy (laughs) that's pretty funny Uh, who's buying that shit (laughs) probably nobody that's ever been to county jail because if you've been to county jail or anywhere else in those type of uh places you're not gonna you're not gonna come out into the free world and buy this shit that's for sure but hey to each his own it's your money under Yeezy's Mafia's post, ecstatic Twitter users share photos and videos of the successful purchases they made online and in person. You you could, hey, I could have done that with a mugshot. I could have showed you the same sandals. Uh, meanwhile, other users expressed their disappointment in having to wait longer. Oh, poor babies. I'm telling you, just, I don't know, go out and do some looting. Go to jail. You'll, you'll get a pair. No, that's a lot of damage. Break a window. You'll be all right. You'll get a pair real quick. Not everyone is a fan of the slides, though, and some users who dislike the style have even questioned how the shoes sell out time and time again. Quoting, I think the nursing home bought the entire lot, <laughs> one Twitter user joked, they ran out of those ugly but, uh, those ugly but comfortable crock-looking things, Yeezy, hashtag Yeezy Slide. Another quotes, I remember y'all saying Yeezy slides were ugly, but now they sold out, another user wrote with a raised eyebrow and monocle emoji. Another says, it's a limited release, reasoned another user, Kanye West could strap Yeezy on dental floss and y'all would buy it up. (laughs) There you go. There's your critics. There's your people, Yeezy. And here's one from Nice Kicks, and it shows it shows the three colors of the the Easy Slides, and it has it on top of the Easy Slide box, prominently displayed. Very nice. Uh, while fans didn't go out of their way to defend the shoes online, plenty shared their admiration for the brand and desire to get more pairs for themselves and family members. You know what? You can keep it. You can keep, or oh, no, you can give it to me, and then I'll just kind of forward the gift. I'll gift it to somebody else, like you know, on Christmas, you know, around Christmas time. There's an idea. Similar post about the brand came up when Yeezy released its lineup of slides in the summer of 2020 and winter of 2019. Kanye Yeezy line guys start with Adidas in 2015 with sneakers that typically cost a few hundred dollars per pair over the years. The Donda wrapper has vowed to make the brand more affordable, as noted. In Teen Vogue in 2016. Uh, don't have your kids read that rag. <laughs> Teen Vogue. Uh, it's a definite indoctrination rag. Just throwing that out there. In July 2020, Kanye linked a 10-year contract with Gap to create a reasonably priced apparel line. A business move that others other rappers have done with different brands including Cardi B with Reebok and Travis Scott with Nike's Jordan brand. So there you go, guys. Uh, I'll put the link in the description if you want to check it out. Uh, But, yeah, in case you're, you know, you can do so. It's at foxnews.com. Just look for Kanye West Yeezy Slide Sandals. Pretty funny. Okay, let's get into this one story I found from Business Insider. And it's about our boy... Mike Lindell, uh, he's the CEO of MyPillow, the MyPillow guy. You know, the guy you always see on TV. And I guess the Daily Mail is beginning the trash campaign on the guy. I don't even know why they're they coming after this guy. <laughs> Just because he supported Trump. It's crazy. But uh, it goes like this. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell claimed in a lawsuit against the Daily Mail that churches... Are disassociating with him because the tabloid reported he had a secret romance with Jane Krakowski. I didn't hear about this, so want we'll to see what's going on here. My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell revised his lawsuit against the Daily Mail on Tuesday, adding a claim that churches were disassociating with him because of his, of the British tabloid's claims about an alleged romance with the actor Jane Krakowski. The Daily Mail published a report in late January saying the the Pillow founder had a secret nine-month romance with the 30 Rock star. Both Lindell and Krukowski denied the report. First off, who cares? I mean, are they both married? Was it kind of like an affair or something? I mean, <laughs> that could be a juicy story, but if these two are just getting together, I mean, who gives a shit, right? I don't know. I'll read on, though. Quoting Jane has never met Mr. Lindell. She is not and has never been in any relationship with him, romantic or otherwise. A publicist for Krukowski said in a statement at the time, Lindell said he had never even heard of her. (laughs) What do they come up with this shit? Who are these people reporting this shit? In the week after the report was published, Lindell filed a defamation lawsuit against the Daily Mail, arguing that the article had caused tremendous harm to his personal and professional reputation and prospective economic opportunities, as well as causing him significant humiliation and emotional distress. You know, and that's what we're going to see a lot of, because of all this wokeism and all this cancel culture and everything that's going on, you know, (laughs) not just with this guy, but, I mean, just all around in general with... You know, our, our institutions and everything. You're going to see a lot more lawsuits. That's what's going to become of this. I mean, just ask Biden. He's getting sued left and right. The Daily Mail did not immediately respond to a request for comment. According to the court documents, Lindell specifically cites the report's claim that he gifted alcohol to Krakowski. Quoting, as a recovering addict and alcoholic who frequently writes and speaks publicly about his spiritual triumphs over substance abuse, Mr. Lindell is horrified by the defendants fabricated and very public accusations, the lawsuit said. Yeah, I mean, the guy's, he's even talked about when you, uh, on his commercials, pushing his book, he talks about his crack addiction. <laughs> he, he talks about being, I think he was in South America or Colombia or something. And, he, I mean, he just said it in his own commercial, you know, how he fought his addiction to crack and everything. I mean, why would you sit there and trash this guy? I, I just don't get it. It's crazy. On Tuesday, Lindell revised the lawsuit against the British Tablet, adding an amendment detailing ways it said the report affected the association with Lindell Recovery Network, which the lawsuit describes as a faith-based nonprofit founded in 2019 that provides services for various forms of addiction, mostly substance and behavioral addiction, along with comorbidities comorbi- such as anxiety and addiction. Quoting Mr. Lindell, name is attached to the network and his personal story as a Christian who became ba- came back from his di- addiction to become a success is emphasized, the lawsuit said. Lindell said the organization had been able to partner with only a handful of churches and the lawsuit said churches may be pulling out because of defendants' allegations about Mr. Lindell. It was not immediately clear as to why the report may have affected the LRN's affiliations with Christian Networks and churches, and Insider reached out to My Pillow and to Lindell for more information. Yeah, that, that, that's sad. I, I really don't know why they're going after this guy. I mean... He's, he's, you know, I mean, talk about a story about a guy who's came back from the darkest point in his life with addiction. And from what I'm understanding, I haven't read his book. I might read his book. I might go buy it. In fact, we should buy it. In fact, I was going to buy a topper off him. (laughs) And I was going to do that. He's got some pretty good discounts going on. But I mean... Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a remarkable story he has to share, and I think it's inspirational. I don't know why people are just trashing on this guy and, and putting out accusations that he's having an affair with an actress. I mean, who gives a shit, really? You know what I mean? All right, I'm going to shoot out a local story from my hometown right here, Oakland. <laughs> Never fails to disappoint. And the Homeless Services Audit they conducted, uh, found that the city was not prepared to deal with the crisis. Oh, really? They create the crisis, but they don't know how to fix the crisis. Hmm, okay. Does that sound familiar? I think it does. I think it sounds familiar in all these Democrat cities. I'll digress for now. I'll put a pause on it for now. Uh, Oakland, California, an audit of homeless services in Oakland found that a team charged with closing and cleaning homeless encampments, was not adequately prepared to deal with the problem and lacked of efficient strategy for dealing with the growth of the camps. That's according to the City Auditor, Courtney Ruby, who will present an informational report on homeless services to the City Council's Life Enrichment Community on Monday afternoon. I've never heard of that one. I've never heard of of that bureaucratic department they must have just came up with that one in the last couple of years or something. I don't know. For several years, city residents have identified homelessness as the most pressing issue facing Oakland. The last Alameda County point-in-time count of homeless people, which was completed in 2019, found that between fi- 2015 and 19, the number of homeless people living in Oakland increased by 86%. You know what? I- I'm just wondering. I- I've said it before I'll say it again. If they truly want to find out where these people are uh, coming from, pull out the ID card. (laughs) Find out if they're locals. Find out if they're from California. Find out if they're from the other side of the country. And then if they're from somewhere else, you give them a one-way ticket back to where they came from, wherever that may be, and have their hometown fix the problem. Damn, Daniel. And quit putting the burden on taxpayers and the people that already live here. But I'll put a pause on that. (laughs) I'll I'll calm down. I'll I'll get right back to the story. The count found that nearly 79% of homeless people were unsheltered because of lack of permanent affordable housing options and limited emergency and temporary housing options. The count also identified that 70% of Oakland's homeless populations are African American compared to the 24% in the general population. Uh, That's because that is the demographic of the city of Oakland. Okay. Those are the neighbor. you're hitting the neighborhood. See, that they're not telling you exactly like in North Oakland and in Piedmont area where all rich white liberals like the mayor at Libby Schaaf live. They're not really concerned about what's happening in the East or West Oakland. So that's why there's a big percentage of middle class people that lived in East and West Oakland. Now they're finding themselves in hard times while the rich white old people liberals up in the hills in Piedmont are a okay but I'll just put a pause on it again <laughs> uh, uh the count found a new okay we already read that the increase of in homeless residents resulted in a significant rise in number of encampments the city estimates that at least 140 encampments are scattered throughout oakland in that's a lie that is an absolute lie I go th- I go through Oakland a lot and <laughs> let me tell you something there is definitely more than 140 encampments. Now, if they're talking about encampments which encompass like maybe 20 or 30 tents, okay, I mean, maybe that's realistic. But if you're inclu- if you're just saying like two or three uh, homeless tents is considered an encampment, wrong. That's a wrong number. In response to the rise in encampments, the city four years ago established the Encampment Management Team (EMT) to coordinate the city's response to the problem. And again. Another bureaucratic department in the city of Oakland that hasn't solved one problem. But taxpayers are still throwing money towards it. So The audit found the city was not adequately prepared to shoulder such a massive project and the EMT was overwhelmed by the undertaking of closing and cleaning encampments throughout Oakland. Yeah, because that constitutes hard work. (laughs) Bureaucrats don't like hard work. Okay. Quoting specifically, the audit found the city lacked an effective strategy for dealing with the growth in encampments and did not provide sufficient policy, direction, or adequate funding at the onset of this crisis, according to Ruby's report. But, you know, Mayor Libeshaft and the rest of these goofballs, they were all happy about pulling the homeless off the streets, getting nonprofits to pull homeless off the streets, put them into hotels and motels, trash up these hotels and motels, force the owners to sell dime on the dollar of their property, just so the city and the state can take it over. And well, there's your eminent domain. And still, all that being said, they have not solved the problem. And they still are complaining that they have a problem that they can't take care of. So we're basically throwing money at a problem that will never be resolved, at least by these people. Additionally, the team lacks sufficient resources, including a budget. The audit also found that the city needs more complete data on encampment activities, <laughs> increased outreach, and improved notification before encampment interventions occur, improved collection of encampment residents' belongings during interventions, and a formal transportation policy to assist encampment residents in relocating. Overall, the audit found the city needs to establish and fund a formal encampment management program. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) To address the findings in the audit and to put in place effective management systems to implement, evaluate, and monitor the new encampment policy passed last fall. (laughs) That is such garbage, man. It it just. They keep fucking up, and then when they keep fucking up, they say, well, you know what, hold on, let's start a whole new bureaucratic department, and we'll give it a new name, and we'll throw some money into it, and guess what, in about a year or two, nothing will get done. And then we'll just start another bureaucratic department, and do it all over again, and we'll ask the people, hey, you know, we need some money to fix the homeless problem, and nothing gets done, right? I mean, we've been seeing it now, at least in Oakland, for the last 20 years. And guess what? You keep throwing millions and millions and millions of dollars into it, and people are still not getting the results. I just want to put that story out there because I'm just so sick of these politicians just fleecing people and not getting nothing done. They still can't even fix the potholes in the street. (laughs) What happened with that issue? (laughs) Alright, so I came across this story yesterday And this is pretty much the kind of lunacy that's going on around here in my area In the Bay Area Uh, This is coming from, basically, (laughs) the Bay Area CNN Kron 4 News, K-R-O-N News uh, Independent station, nothing big Uh, San Francisco, Kron uh, The title is Excuse me, is Bay Area School offers white student support circle after Chauvin verdict. My God. All right, here we go. Let's see. San Francisco. The superintendent of the Piedmont Unified School District has released a statement after a video showing an apparent email sent to students informing them of a support circle for white students in the wake of a Derek Chauvin verdict went viral on TikTok. First off, I don't use TikTok. I I don't know. I, I just heard a lot of bad things about that shit. I, I just stay away from that one. The TikTok video posted by SUEYD, at SUEYD, if you want to check that out, showed a screenshot of what appears to be an email from a district staff to students informing them of a quote-unquote white student support circle. <laughs> On April 29th, To support white students who would like to discuss how the trial, verdict, and experiences related to George Floyd murder are impacting you. I don't give a fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, I really was pushing for people to, you know, open up the schools and, you know, get these kids educated. But, I mean, what are we throwing them into? It's almost like we're we're trying to start the fire to get warm again. Because we've been so cold for so long. But now we're just throwing too much shit into the fire. And now it's just becoming an inferno. <laughs> it's out of control. Uh It's a fire hazard. And I don't know if we should <laughs> put students into schools now. Now I'm kind of questioning it. Uh And it does have a video here. I'm, I don't know if I should play it. I'll give it a shot. What the hell. Let's take a take a look at this. Now, hold on a second. I had to unplug my headphones. I want to see if I could pick this up on. Let's try to do this. No, it's not going to be able to do it. All right. Well, it just, there's some TikTok video, and I'll just kind of tell you what it is. And it shows some kid, um, and he's posting. Why the hell? Hold on a second. All right. I'm to try it again. I got it turned up. So let's give it a shot. I'm going to let you listen. Oh, sorry about it. I'm going to let you listen to this and you you figure out what's going on. about wow, their experiences related to George Floyd's murder and how they're impacting them. Like, what? Oh, what? I don't get it, bro. Can we please make this go viral, bro? I'm trying to talk hella shit at school. Hold on. I'm gonna repeat this one again because it didn't really come out as good as I wanted to. So let's try this one more time. This is a short one. No cap. Let's make this go viral, bruh. Look at what my school sent out. All right. Well, I'm not gonna tell I'm getting echo feedback and all that shit. I'll edit all that crap out. Um, basically, let me just go on further and I'll just read you exactly what they, um, are putting out there to the kids. Uh, The statement released by the superintendent called it, quote, a poor choice of words in the subject line. And it goes something like this. Uh, We are living in an extraordinary time that holds the promise of breaking down barriers and creating finally a world that is safe and just for people of all races and backgrounds. Uh, Not for all races, if you're pushing critical race theory. Just don't want to make note of that. Our students in many ways are role models for this work they have been they have a keen awareness of the racial injustices that have permeated our society and are not afraid to call out sentiments statements or actions from adults that violate their sense of justice we saw an example of this week in our community when students reacted to an email from a district staff that invited them to participate in restorative circles by affinity groups to process reactions to the Derek Chauvin verdict. The district's intent was to give our BIPOC, and if you don't know what BIPOC is, it's um, Black Indigenous People of Color, just to let you know. Uh, to give our BIPOC students a safe space to talk with others from some similar racial backgrounds and to provide white students with an opportunity to talk about how to be an ally. You know, all these buzzwords like ally and, and uh, uh, what is this, uh, restorative circles, this is just a bunch of woke-spoke nonsense. It's just a bunch of nice, cleverly worded, Uh, phrases to just basically cover up the fact that it's bigoted. It's a critical race theory is bigoted. And they're trying to push this shit in our schools to hate each other and, and hate others. It's crazy. A poor choice of words in the subject line of the invitation to white students led to the perception that white students needed the same kind of support as BIPOC students. Students of all racial backgrounds rightfully pushed back on that idea. We agree that we want to affirm in the strongest terms that our commitment is to give all students a place to express their feelings and to learn how to engage in important issues. And again, I'm just going to say, man, when you sit there and you say things like a poor choice of words in subject language to white students led to the perception that white students needed the same kind of support as our BIPOC students. See, you just basically took a whole group of people by race and you separated them. From the rest of, of society Pretty much alienating uh, Caucasian people <laughs> From everybody else That's basically what they're doing They're pushing in our schools It's crazy that's, that's ridiculous Everyone in our community Has their own unique role And responsibility in the work Of anti-racism Affinity I mean it's, t- it's total hypocrisy Right from the get go That's exactly what you're doing Is being racist It's segregation it's going back fucking 50 60 years affinity groups advance equity by meeting the particular needs of each group and doing the work of eliminating systemic injustice really the intent of a circle for white allies is to discuss how to be a better ally in the pers- a better ally in the pursuit of racial justice ally additionally we are planning to offer circles open to all in order to give students a different backgrounds a chance to process together, you know, when you hear again that word ally man, that just that's the kind of label you put on somebody that is uh, somebody you trust in a war or in a battle, you know what I mean? Ally, it's an yeah, the war, the culture war, that's what it is. The Piedmont School Board made a strong commitment to racial justice in a resolution and board policy passed last year. I encourage you to take time to read the resolution and policy to learn about the commitment to the board has made as as it guides our work with students and staff. You know, how about just let's open up the fucking schools. Don't worry about renaming them. And don't worry about looking everything through the lens, the colored lens of race. And just start teaching kids reading, writing, and arithmetic. Let's start with that. <laughs> Let's get that going. They're, they're, they're creating a, a horror story that just doesn't exist. It all of a sudden what now exists What a, a, after a year. We recognize that the journey of anti-racism is hard and we will keep educating ourselves and learning from each other as we travel. This week, the students reminded us that words matter. Even when the intention is honorable and right, we need to communicate with sensitivity and care. We thank all who have communicated with us on this matter. Your feedback made a big difference and helped us clarify how we will communicate moving forward. Cron 4 says it has reached out to the school and host of the event, but has yet to hear back. And of course, they're not going to comment on their hypocrisy. I don't give a fuck. They're not going to sit there and tell you <laughs> they're pushing this kind of shit into kids' heads. The, the true systemic racism is within our teachers' unions when they're pull, pulling this kind of shit. I mean, that's why they want in-school learning. You know what I mean? And they sure in the hell don't want you monitoring what you're what they're saying to your kids while <laughs> while they're in-person learning. You know what I'm saying? There's an agenda here, and it's not a, it's not a good agenda. You know you are fake news all right guys i'm gonna end on one more story and uh it's kind of falls in line with what i was talking about earlier the quality conditions here in the bay area and it's you probably have heard it the california exodus it's real and here's an article from that fake cnn caroline for bay area local independent and they got a story. It says moving to the Bay Area or leaving. Here's where people are relocating. So they're going to tell us <laughs> where Californians are going. I wonder if they're coming to your neighborhood. So let's find out. So it starts off by saying, over the last year, the coronavirus pandemic has changed what we call home and as a result prompted many people to rethink where we want to live. First off, before I go any further in this story, let me tell you something. That's what a lot of politicians and media say around here, at least in the Bay Area, is the reason for the exodus out of California is isn't due to the economics or the policy, the political policies or anything like that. No, no, it's all about the virus. Just remember that when I read this, it's all about the virus. It has nothing to do with local or state officials. Just want to make sure you understand that. All right, back to the story. (laughs) Uh, For some Bay Area residents, it was time for a change. Quoting, there's a great reshuffling in American housing where for very first time, many office workers have become untethered from physical locations and they've chosen to relocate to areas that are better suited, suits their needs, says Chris Glenn, Zillow economist. The pandemic has reemphasized the value of home. It's a place that we have collectively spent all of our time since March of 2020. It's been clear the center of our lives and a place we sought shelter from a very chaotic and uncertain public health situation. And again, that, that is true. I mean, the first, what, three, four or five months? Honestly, the uncertainty, you know, I, I get it. But again, we are now past a year. So, Zillow's 2021 mover report shows more than one in 10 Americans say they have already moved in the past year, either by choice or by circumstance. San Francisco came in fifth as top metro area for net outbound moves, showing most residents have moved to Seattle, Washington, Austin, Texas, and Portland, Oregon. Now, first off, Seattle, Washington, who the hell is moving there? Unless you got some sort of financial... Uh, stability and and you live somewhere outside the the main city the whole downtown area who the hell's going to seattle that place is i mean people are fleeing that city business can't strive in that city austin texas that's like a a a san francisco just dropped right into texas so i don't know who the hell is moving to austin either it must be the other liberals from from here (laughs) it has to be because uh, I, I I would never move to Austin. I, I'm sure it's a very nice, beautiful city and everything. Uh, and shout out to all of you. But uh, politically, I hear it's just like another Berkeley or San Francisco, and I wouldn't want to move into that shit again. So, just saying. And Portland, Oregon. I don't know who the hell is moving to Portland, Oregon. I lived there for two years prior to all this craziness that's going on. I mean, it had they had it for a long time when I was there, but it was nothing to the degree it is today. And I don't see why anybody would want to go to Portland. I mean, it is more affordable, and uh, but I just, I just don't see it. That's just me. One of the things we are seeing in the San Francisco numbers is that there are additional people who are choosing to relocate within the Bay Area, moving away from the downtown urban core of San Francisco and further out into the sur- suburbs, says Glenn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm seeing it. So where are people coming from or going? And this is what Zillow says. All right, so check this out. Here are the... (laughs) These are the places uh, people are moving from the Bay Area to uh, elsewhere. So people leaving here are moving to Seattle, Austin, Texas, Portland, Oregon, Phoenix, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, New York, New York, and Chicago, Illinois. (laughs) Now, besides, I, I don't know too much about Phoenix, but I know uh, Seattle, Austin, Portland, uh, Denver, New York, and Chicago. Those are all straight up blue. Those are straight up liberal areas. Those are those are where they're they're no different than San Francisco or Oakland, uh, Washington D.C., Houston, Texas, Atlanta are at the bottom of that list. But here's an, here's something more interesting. Uh, people that are moving from elsewhere to San Francisco. Now check this out. Here's the cities. Chicago, Illinois, New York, New York, Washington, D.C., Seattle, Washington, Boston, Massachusetts, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, L.A. in the Long Beach area, Anaheim, California, Portland, Oregon, Austin, Texas, and Denver, Colorado. So what I'm getting from this is that the people that are leaving San Francisco to all these cities uh there's people that are at these cities moving here am i getting this right let me let me see how many of these cities are listed that are on both these lists each and every one of them each and every one is seattle seattle people are moving to seattle and people are moving from seattle to here austin i I just i just don't get it (laughs) i just don't get it that's bizarre People are moving to these cities, but at the same time, people from these cities are moving here. So they're both, I mean, they're canceling each other out. It makes no sense. But hey, I I, I must be work-related because I don't see why you would leave San Francisco to go to New York or Portland. I, I just don't see it or vice versa. It's crazy. But whatever, I, I can't figure out the human mind anymore. Everybody's gone apeshit nuts these days, so who knows? Who knows? All right, well, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for stopping by my podcast. Uh, make sure you go and check out my YouTube and Rumble pages. I just put a video out on Rumble of a police shooting out of the Bay Area with some body cam footage. It's pretty amazing stuff, but... Unfortunately, local Bay Area news doesn't want to cover it because it doesn't fit their agenda. But still, it's out there. It's honorable. I'll put the description uh, in the description box. You can find it there. And also, don't forget about YouTube as well. And yes, I'm aware that this episode did become a little long-winded, but my apologies. Uh, I just got a lot on my mind, and if I got a lot on my mind, I gotta put it out there, so... My apologies. <laughs> don't hate on me for being a talkative guy on a podcast, right? And also why don't you go ahead and check out my Twitter page? That's right. I got me a Twitter page finally up for this channel for this podcast. You can find it, find me at the real WOD. So go ahead and check that out. And that's it for me for Wednesday. That being said, I hope you guys have a terrific day. And I will be talking to you guys real soon on Friday. Peace out.